Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. You are listening to The Hotbed Podcast, brought to you by The Hotbed Collective. I'm Lisa Williams. And I'm Anarchy Somerville. And we are two of a gang of merry maidens, hell-bent on making the world a better place, one orgasm at a time. We started this podcast because we realised, one that there's an orgasm gap between men and women, with the biggest gap landing between heterosexual men and heterosexual and bisexual women. And two, because we realise that no one talks about normal everyday sex. There's lots of chat about dating sex and extreme sex. We call it dungeon sex. But who's talking about normal everyday sex? You know, the kind that doesn't happen every day. So we're here and we are talking and we hope you enjoy the ride. This is Series 4, Episode 6, None of My Best Friends Are Trans. Are any of your best friends trans? Um, no, I don't think so. No, I don't think I have any, but not because I wouldn't like to, but it's just that Hanwell, I basically most of my friends are very similar to myself. Mm, yeah, I don't have any trans friends either, and not that I know of. I might, without knowing, but no one has told me that they're trans Mm. and neither should they have to but the reason that we are doing this episode is because there is a trans activist a trans man called buck angel who i found through the squares on instagram is that his real name buck angel yeah he is based in la and he is on instagram under the name buck angel he does many things such as campaign for trans rights he has produced his own line of sex toys and he also stars in some porn and he's a sex educator and I find his Instagram account completely fascinating because he's just a really interesting person he talks a lot about his experience about transitioning and you'll hear all this in the interview and the reason I like it is because I obviously hear about the politics around trans people and equality and I don't know anyone trans so I have a lot of questions and he's really generous to share his experience and his opinions because he shouldn't have to I mean he probably just wants to get on with his life but you'll hear in the interview I think he sees it as a bit of a calling to try and bridge the generations together and the sort of cisgendered people and I don't know if you've heard the phrase cisgendered or seen the le- the words Sorry, the letters C-I-S and then a dash before gender or like cis women, cis men. And what that means is people who are born into 
the correct gender. So I was born um, with the female anatomy. <laughs> under a wandering star, chips in Anki. I was. I was born under the light of the moon. I was born as a as a female and have always identified as a female. Um, what about you, Anki? Have you always been comfortably female? Have you ever questioned your gender? Uh, no, but I do remember going to a party when I was about. 12 and I was wearing some shorts and I remember that a really horrible guy walked into the party and said that I had rugby rugby players legs mm. and uh, I was very unhappy about that comparison and so I've always felt that my anatomy has had some male attributes to it. Um, let me just say that Anarchy's lovely little baby daughter is in the background. So if you hear some little happy sounds and gurgles, because she's almost certainly happy to be here with the hotbed, is she not? She is. She's quite happy, but she's also quite looking forward to going home. (laughs) Fair enough. I don't blame you. I sometimes relate. Um, So you you were taunted for your leg shape? Yes. So I think um, I've always, yeah, I think... There's a, it's, 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 it's awful, isn't it, really? Because so, sometimes people use it as an insult if they feel that some of your body doesn't conform to certain feminine, you know, ideals. Mm. And so I have had, I certainly remember that really burning, that comment about having a, a rugby player's legs. And um, yeah, it's kind of stuck with me, but it's got nothing to do with being identifying as male. Are you I've happy to... identified as being female. And happy. Do you like being a woman? There's certain aspects of it which I find a real chore. <laughs> uh, could could one of those be like <laughs> trying to record a podcast with a baby on your lap? Yes, and I think um, that I think I I would be I think in an ideal world I would have liked to have tried both. Yeah, because I am curious as to what what my life would have been like if I'd been a man. I have always been happy being a girl and a woman. I. I actually spend most of my time now even with women, apart from in my family, and I feel comfortable with women. I love being a woman. I obviously don't love all the kind of inequality, and I don't like things like the fact that I feel more scared and the fact that I have to, like, waste time fighting for reproductive rights and, you know, some of the stuff that we talk about on the hotbed is just purely a fact that we are women, and it wouldn't be really fun to kind of... Well, like we talk about, I think, in another episode about how we just want to go kind of axe throwing sometimes and not worry about it. But I always feel like there's too many other things to do before I get to the axe throwing, the recreational axe throwing. Um, And I love the Dolly Parton quote about if I wasn't born a woman, I'd be a drag queen because she's obviously really, really glam and loves the, you know, the hair and the makeup and the and I love dressing up, although I think that's not necessarily what makes me a woman, but it's certainly expected. And I think having kids... My eldest son sometimes questions some of the stuff I do that is sort of traditionally female or feminine, like wear high heels and lipstick. And he'll be like, why are you wearing that on your lips? And I don't want to say something like to make me pretty because I think that's like a weird messaging thing. So I say for fun or I say just for decoration. And like this morning he was like, why are you wearing shoes with sticks on them? Are you heels? Because I never wear heels. But I did today because I'm seeing you, Anarchy Somerville. Oh, thank you. Oh, yeah. And um, and I was like, I don't really know why I wear shoes with sticks on them. I think, actually, I can't walk in them and they're really uncomfortable. But sometimes I just want to wear them anyway. Mm. It's funny, isn't it? Because I think that's um, that's the bit of being a woman that I find quite tiring is kind of 
if you're a, if you're sort of a guy, the kind of maintenance program. I know it's changing now because men are feeling more pressure to actually, you know, wax themselves and get their eyebrows threaded and all of that stuff. But it's just even the baseline sort of requirement for women is quite high. Mm. So I didn't shave my legs. So I think after. I think I probably haven't shaved my legs for about six months mm. and I shaved them in the week. Mm. And then it suddenly occurred to me that in order for it to be beneficial, I needed to now maintain that and what a pain that was. Um, and then it, I started thinking about bikini line again and trying to get that sorted. And then I've also started doing my eyebrows um, and then some, the odd sort of chin hair as well, which mm. which can come out. Um, and then you're kind of like actually just the hair removal program for the average woman is several hours, you know, mm. uh, not not a week, but in a lump, in a lifetime. If you Absolutely. thought added up how much time you spend, sort of applying makeup, you know, scrubbing dead skin off your feet, shaving, pricking, you know, pulling out old stray hairs from your chin and around your nipples, getting rid of all your, you know, pubes, all of that stuff. You you probably could have written a novel in that time. Yeah, right. Or gone axe throwing. Exactly, or just and I, I that I resent that, but then I'm also too much of a coward mm. to push the patriarchy over and just say I'm going to be hairy because I sort of see that perhaps we're pushing towards a thing where gender is is less of a big deal. So I sort of yeah. think actually, if if we do ever manage to sort everything out, um, yeah, I'd be curious to know what that's like. Me like, too. God, we have so much work to do. Our work is cut out. I think, obviously, we are talking quite flippantly about whether we like being a woman. And for some people, it's not a choice. It's not a funny conversation. It is literally they are born into the wrong body and they grow up that way and they grow up really, you know, very confused. And the problem is when society is really gendered and when there are certain expectations of what a man and a woman should look like and act like, then it becomes even more confusing. So... You know, this is a bit heavy for the hotbed, but it is worth saying that self-harm and suicide attempts is, you know, very common for trans people. And it's serious. And I think a big problem is that when we talk about trans issues often in the mainstream press, it's often reduced to, oh, but we might give someone a sex change, you know, when they're not ready. Or what about putting, you know, male-bodied prison prisoners into women's prisons you know and there there are a lot of very tricky questions around this and I don't think there are any easy answers um but what I think is important is that we bear in mind humanity you know and what these people are going through and unfortunately the self-harm and suicide rates are really high and I don't think that we can really argue with that and so I think it's important to talk to Buck he is really fun um Follow him on Instagram at Buck Angel. He's actually pretty smoking. He's like a very attractive man. He was before a very attractive female-bodied model before he transitioned. That's quite interesting. And he's really open about this as well. And I know a lot of trans people don't want to really post up any old pictures of themselves. But he often does. And it's really interesting. Um, And he talks about being how he sees the world as a male-bodied person as opposed to female-bodied. And that's pretty depressing, but it's interesting. Um, He doesn't speak for the trans community in any way, and I don't think he would ever claim to, but he does, he's very generous with his insight and he is really interesting and a bit of a legend. So here is Buck. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you 
everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello, Buck. Greetings from London. Hello, I love London. Greetings from Los Angeles. <laughs> What's it like there today? It's actually beautiful. Sunny, beautiful. It's like 70 degrees. Uh, it's just amazing. I, this is an awesome city, by the way. I love living here. And how does it compare to London in brief? Uh, it's not dark and cloudy and rainy, <laughs> but I love <laughs> London. Don't get me wrong. I go there all the time and perform, but it's a beautiful space and, and I love Britain and I love all, all the people there. So it's just different weather. But I think also maybe the way people interact with each other is different in the UK than in, in America. I think people are much friendlier there than they are here. Yeah, because everyone says we're not friendly, but that's not my experience of the town. No way. That's total bullshit. Oh, can I say bullshit? Yeah, you can. It's a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) No way. British people are super. I have so many amazing friends there. Are you kidding me? No, people just don't know. What they don't know, they they sort of uh, make an assumption about. Now, I want to just say to the listeners, because just that we just before this conversation I checked with you about what kind of stuff I could ask and Mm. you were very generous with your answer so do you want to just repeat that for everyone to hear sure Uh, I'm pretty much an open book I am not similar to many transgender people or transsexual people who don't feel comfortable asking or answering questions just because it's a personal thing but for me I'm 23 years into my transition and I feel basically anybody can ask me anything they want I am not insulted or feel in any way that I can't because I'm a teacher And in order for us to move forward, for you to understand my space and for me to understand yours, we have to have the conversation and difficult questions are part of that conversation. So I don't ever feel uh, disrespected or uh, um, angry about certain kinds of questions because I think they're all important questions. It's an amazing emotional labor there. So thank you. It is. It is emotional. I really appreciate it. And I really appreciate your Instagram account because here's my confession is I I don't know any trans people. Mm -hmm. I read about trans rights and I'm really interested in being informed and 
knowing how we can change society to make it equal but i you know without knowing no one's anyway no one has told me that they are trans it could be that we're friends that we're colleagues and that i don't realize sure um but seeing your account on instagram i found really useful because you're so open and you talk about all kinds of issues faced by you and also there's a real sense of, of love and acceptance for yourself and i really appreciate that Oh, that's super sweet. That's why I do it. Because people like you, who my community a lot of times, and not my whole community, there's a part of the transgender community that doesn't understand cisgender, which you are a cisgender person. That said, for us to understand each other, we have to converse with each other. And so, you know, on the flip side of that, transgender people always get so mad. Cisgender people are this. And so it's you cannot make blanket statements like that. And so I'm the guy who likes to try to be a buffer between us and them or you and us or however because I believe we are all in this together. And if we don't start to come together as people, we will lose everything that we are fighting for, which is equality. And that's yeah. how you get it. 100%. Right on. So how, how would you sort of, apart from being this amazing um, open Instagram account, how would you describe what you do? So what I just, it's so hard <laughs> because I do so many things and I am this guy that has my hand in everything. But first and foremost, I always say I'm a human rights activist and because I believe, like I just said, a level playing field and you can't do that without fighting for all rights. So I am not a trans activist, even though I am transsexual, I'm not a trans activist or an LGBTQ activist. I'm an activist for everything. I'm a cannabis activist. I'm an act- activist for finding our space in the world. I'm also, I would say, on some level a teacher and I'm not a teacher in a sense of school or that but a teacher in a sense that I feel like the universe gave me the space to live and to be and enjoy my life in order to help others find their space in the world so I feel on some level I'm a teacher and an activist and uh, just a a guy who used to be a woman I guess on some level (laughs) (laughs) you sign off the trampa this is your role so when you when you post on instagram you say love trampar at the end which Mm. is so nice so can you just explain this sort of trampar um identity on instagram and your offer of support to trans people via that account like why you do that first of all and and why instagram yeah, so so first off, Trampa came from the kids, and they started calling me Trampa because because tra- I'm an older trans man, right? I'm I'm 56. I transitioned 23 years ago from a woman to a man, and so I'm one of the more more eld- elder people in our community, and I feel a uh-huh. responsibility to the kids because I stand back and watch as an old guy, as a as a guy who's like saying, "What are these kids doing?" Which is what all older people do with the children. They're they're uh-huh. they're hating on each other. They're not understanding the privileges that they have to transition today. I see so many things that can be fixed by an older voice of reason on some level. And I feel like I'm that older guy of reason that can, and these kids are lost. It actually makes me very emotional to talk about because I see no direction for a lot of kids and not just United States, the world. I have kids all over the world who come to me and they feel they need to have, you know, like a grandpa, a trampa, someone that they can sort of look up to and not ever feel judged. That is the one thing I do not do is judge these kids. It's like I give them a space to feel that they can say things that they wouldn't feel comfortable talking to their 
their parents about or, you know, somebody else. So that's how I became Trampaw. And I used the platform Instagram because I believe that Instagram is, a, is enables me to reach a farther space. I do not particularly care for Facebook. I feel that Facebook has turned into, for lack of a better expression, a shit show where people are very mean to each other. People don't understand. The conversations on there are horrifying to me. And so I feel Instagram being, even though it's owned by Facebook, I just feel a safer space there. And I can put my stories, as you see, I put stories out there of my transition from when I was a young kid and how I did trans. And it really just sort of clicks with these kids. I think it's sort of like a storybook way these kids can sort of relate or talk to me through that, through the storytelling. Yeah, it is good for that. We love it too. Right on. So you talk about it a bit on, obviously on Instagram, but can you tell listeners a little bit about your journey to transitioning and also to Mm -hmm. self-acceptance, which is a big part of what you talk about. I don't know whether you see them as the same thing or Mm -hmm. whether they're two different journeys. Well, they kind of are the same thing, but they are different as well. So, so I transitioned uh, 23 years ago when uh, nobody was really trans- and here in Los Angeles and you know back people forget this there was no internet back in the day or it was just starting there were no cell phones there was not technology that you have today which is a game changer on many levels when it comes to educating yourself when it comes to anything right so imagine being a transgender or transsexual person and you feel you, you can't talk to anybody. There's nobody, nobody knew what I was. Everybody just kept saying I was a very masculine woman or that I was a lesbian. And it was not my sexuality that I was having a problem with. It was my gender. And so we do have a problem with people sort of putting those two things together, even today. So they just kept saying I was a lesbian, blah, blah, blah. And then finally, I just saw a documentary that had this person who was a woman who transitioned to a man. And I could not believe I saw that. And nobody was telling me I could do this. And it was like, magic in front of my face and I went to my therapist who was new and she was a gay woman and she didn't know anything about it and she said I believe you Buck and I believe that you are a man and nobody had ever said that to me before ever every time I said it they were like you're a woman you're a woman deal with it so she on some level saved my life and we had to find spaces that you know and I went to bookstores where I found magazines around transsexual women but not men we didn't have that back in the day we didn't there was nobody like me there so eventually I found doctors who are willing to basically this is what my hormone doctor said to me you will be my guinea pig that's what he said to me because he didn't know what he was doing and back I didn't have an opportunity I didn't have an option it was my mantra was if this doesn't work I'll kill myself that's always what I said and if you think how powerful and how insane that is to say that but that was always my out was I'll just kill myself Uh, just like just like I'll just go drink a coke like it was it was it was kind of that that simple but really, if you think about how insane that is, and I know a lot of kids feel the same way today, but I had amazing, loving doctors. And then I went, found a doctor who removed my breasts, and I was his first. And so mm-hmm. that was the beginning of my new life. And because of that really second chance at life, uh, I realized that I had an opportunity to change everything about myself, not only my physical body, but my mental state of being. And I yeah. no longer wanted to be that victim, right? Like, it's easy to make yourself a victim because you don't find you can't see out of that victim mode if you're not seeing your future, just if that makes sense, right? You yeah, just don't see it. And I didn't see it. And then finally I was actually living it. And I was like, holy crap, I have an opportunity to be this man that I always wanted to be. I'm not gonna be mad at myself anymore or hate the world or and it just sort of, you know, this took over time. Again, over twenty three years I've grown a lot mentally and, and physically and I just 
connected to the universe on some level. I, I had moved to Mexico and I was really introduced to the Mayan culture and I was introduced to spirituality and, and the universe and all of these things. And it just, that's what changed my life really was just connecting to myself as a human and understanding the privilege and the opportunity that I had to teach the world, not only trans people, but to teach the world about you becoming you, whatever that means, but you becoming you. I think that's another thing I find interesting about your account because you talk about the sort of vulva shame from mm-hmm. your upbringing and mm-hmm. how I think, was it your mother just said, wash your bird yep. in the bathtub? Yep. And you felt that was, you know, that affected you. Um, it's horrible. You know. It's, I mean, I think about it all the time. My mom called my vagina my bird <laughs> because she was too. <laughs> and I remember I was so embarrassed to ever talk about that, but this is how far I've come. I don't, I don't have any shame around stuff anymore. I'll talk about all yeah. the things that we feel that we all feel embarrassed to talk about because what that does is it gives you now an opportunity to say, if Buck isn't shy to talk about it, then I can talk about it. So even if as shy and kind of, Ugh, I am about talking about my bird (laughs) I have to do it because we need to stop the shaming around our body especially female and our our vaginas or you know things that we might think of as female it's not okay that my mom had to call it a bird she had to do that because we were shamed women are shamed around their vaginas and I really want to talk about this and talk about how I don't have any shame in my vagina and I'm a man now does it is it because of that that I no longer have shame because now I'm a man? I, I don't know, but I find it really, actually, I'm a little bit upset that people listen to me about my vagina, but when it comes to a woman talking about her vagina, we still have all of these issues that are out there, and I don't think that that's fair that it's taking a man to sort of really bring this powerful talk to to, uh, to and about a vagina. It's so true. It's like they say if, if men had periods yep. then there would be you know a very different provision for it I guess it's a similar thing isn't it it's totally the same thing and so I know I have this male privilege now but I always like to say that I'm a Trojan horse and people don't know that I'm in men's spaces right and the things I hear coming out of men's mouths are are horrifying and so I'm in a space where I have to say something so you know men are looking at me like I'm insane like why are you sticking up for ladies and then I have to say because I used to be a lady and it's not okay and and they're just like, whoa, but they hear me. But at the same time, I'm like, why am I the person that, you know, even though I take it on and I feel very powerful talking about my vagina, I do think we need to open the space for women to have the same opportunity to be as, you know, sort of connected and feel empowered around their own vaginas. So do you think that cis women can learn from trans men? A hundred percent. I, you can't imagine how many cis women write me and talk to me and are my friends and my fans. And how do you do it, Buck? How do I get to that spot? All the time, daily, I have a large female fan base because I think they want to feel the same empowerment I do. And, you know, that question I get, how did you, how did you get so connected to your vagina? I cannot answer that. There's no way I can yeah. answer that. It's been years and years of just really learning self-love. So you talk about male privilege. Mm-hmm. Um, what's been the kind of... Have there been any striking differences in how people treat you when they see you as a man versus when they saw you as a woman? 
Oh my God, really? <laughs> I don't even need to answer that. I think you know the, the answer. A 100. Depress me. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's, it's, it sucks. It sucks so bad for me because I don't want to be that guy that's just like, you know, yeah, my life is amazing now that I'm a man, but it's the reality of it and why I need to use my platform in order to create change. I'm a feminist, 110% I'm a feminist. And so really, we need to talk about this. Yeah, so now I got this male privilege and how do I use my male privilege? That Those are the things we need to talk about. If you have privilege, you better goddamn use that privilege in order to create a, pl- a level playing field. And so, yeah, I do feel 100% I have male privilege. There's no doubt about that. Uh, I'm white, right? I'm kind of this guy. I'm kind of this macho-y looking guy. I'm this very specific kind of looking dude that really does get things because of the way I look or interact with the world. But uh, yeah. I don't like it and I don't think it's fair, but it is the reality of it and so how do we when I got this gift because it's a gift 100% being this man but I don't want this to be a gift I want this just to be the way I needed to be and we all should be able to have the gift of being whoever we are and so on some level I feel embarrassed about it but on the on the side of that I feel like I've been given a gift to help make change yeah. So, I mean, have you, do you find people just take you more seriously? Do you feel less afraid? Is it, you know, yep, kind all of real it. differences? All the above. I feel, you know, and somebody mentioned that to me the other day. They, they, they reminded me that being a woman, you're fearful outside in the world. And I remember now, you're right. I was fearful, even though I was a butch woman and I looked masculine. It didn't matter. I was still a woman and I still had to fear and I still got beat up. I got beat up all the time when I was a gay woman, you know, by men jumping out of cars and smacking me with a baseball bat. And I can tell you stories of being beat up because I was a masculine woman. And so I forget that, yes, you have to fear every day you go outside that door. There's some crazy man out there doing some crazy stuff. And so why do we or you as women have to be fearful to walk the world? That is the big question that we must answer and we must start to work on because you should never be fearful to walk the world. It's your space too. And funnily enough, you talk about fear. So mm-hmm. the fear that I notice, the separate fear, is actually between... I don't know what it's like in America, but in, UK, in the UK, there's, there's sort of radical feminists and right. there's a lot of transgender women, I think, specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, often at odds, really. And mm-hmm. it, the debate can get quite dramatic, mm-hmm. sometimes a bit nasty. Yep. And I sort of look at it and I think there's fear there on both sides. And, you know, is this something that you're aware of, this kind of strange dynamic when really we should be on the same side. Oh, it's horrifying. I was there last year for Gay Pride when the feminine, when the lesbian yeah. women got in front and talked and said some nasty stuff about trans women. That is yeah. not okay. This is all of our space. How dare you? As first off, how dare you? As a woman, you should know better. And yes, I am saying that you should know better. You already are getting nailed by the world, so you should understand being a marginalized community. You should understand, especially lesbian women. I am appalled that they would really say stuff and do stuff like that about people who are also celebrating their femininity or celebrating their... So I I personally don't understand it, but as an activist and as a person who's trying to make change, I do understand it. What it is, number one, is fear. Number two is the fact that those people are not secure enough in their own space, that they have to react to others. And it's it's a pretty simple thing, but it's also a pretty um, intricate thing at the same time. So I think of it sometimes, and I know that this is not a view shared by many transgender women, but I sometimes look at debates around 
very specific female um, health provision, mm -hmm. such as, you know, um, gynecological cancer, possibly, or mm -hmm. FGM, so female genital mutila mutilation. And sometimes there's a bit of debate around these two things and the terminology mm -hmm. we use. Mm -hmm. And I think, I don't believe that there's transgender women, for example, that want to stop cis women approaching these services and getting the help they need. And sometimes mm -hmm. I think it's a language problem. It's just the case of how we talk to people and how we message things. Would you agree? A hundred percent I agree. Language is powerful. Oh, language is so, language will destroy us or put us together. And that's yeah. the thing is that we have such, given such power to this language. We are in a space right now in 2019 where so much is changing. Gender is changing. Uh, sexuality is changing. The, the, you know, color is changing. So many things are, and that's why I think there's so many people just kind of, we're all running around with our heads cut off because we can't find that common space. That said, people need to lay off the language thing right now. Because the thing with the language is that it will change and it will eventually come together. But the most important thing is that we start giving everybody an opportunity to be in the space they want to be in. I don't care if you call yourself a lady, a man, non-binary. It doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is that we respect everybody's choices. And we're not doing that. And not, all of us are not doing that, right? Like, So there's a situation that's happening with me is I am a transsexual man. I am not transgender. I do not live my life as trans I had a sex change and people don't like this terminology anymore they don't use the terminology sex change they don't use transsexual but I disagree with that it is really who I am and how I identify I'm not, I did not transition to be trans I transitioned to live my life as a man this is really an important thing that people in our community are not celebrating and are actually pushing us out and that's causing a divide within our own community which again not respecting history not respecting where you came from as a woman not respecting feminism uh, on such a level where it's come to now and shutting people out because they're not really women like what what's happening is that people are so up their own asses that's really what it is it's really come to narcissists we're all narcissists and it's all about us <laughs> and it's not about making change anymore it's like how much better am I than you or how much more of a woman am I than you? Or you're not a woman because you have a penis. I mean, it's like, it, it, we're not seeing it in that. And if we stood back and watched the nonsense we're saying to each other, we would actually be embarrassed about the way we're, we're interacting. Mm, it sort of takes away the humanity quite often, doesn't it? Yes, it's so, it, it upsets me to no end because I have every kind of friend under the sun and I don't have these problems because I integrated yeah. myself back into the world as a human and not as a trans person and not as a man and not as a, I used to be this or that or a pornographer or whatever. I'm a person who mm. enjoys people and I think we've lost this idea of, you know, sort of coming together with all, you should have all kinds of friends. You shouldn't just have one white friends or trans friends or black you should have all kinds of friends in your life and that yeah life's yeah. yes yes sorry life's better that way isn't it I oh mean, my god everything's better that way everything food if you're only eating sushi for the rest of your life you're missing out on tacos my friend <laughs> <laughs> agreed that's our uh, what's the word that's kind of our analogy for everything right on <laughs> so what do you think needs to change most urgently if you could, uh, if as an activist, if you could change one thing. What if I could be? change one thing. Ooh, that's a difficult question. Uh, I think if I could change one thing, I would change um, our lack of compassion. 
in the world. Mm-hmm. We have a lack of compassion in the world. And what I mean by that is, again, going back to narcissism, we've created this idea that selfies and all taking pictures of ourselves and posting. I mean, just go one day and look at everybody's Instagram. It'll blow you away. When you have the thought process of what am I looking at right now? It's like there's no compassion because we are so self-centered now. We've turned everything on ourselves, and it's mm-hmm. all about us. So I think we don't have compassion for why maybe lesbian, cisgender women feel threatened by transgender women. Let's talk about that in a compassionate way, not in an angry way. So on all levels, Muslims, we're talking about how all Muslims are bad and they're terrorists. This is so far from the truth. Or we're talking about how Christians are only like this way or, you know, white people are all racist or, you know, we, we, we have made these blanket statements which have taken away compassion and empathy in our world. And I think really understanding what compassion is could bring us back to actually making huge change in the world love it and on a note so going from compassion to passion like Mm. my link um, (laughs) right on (laughs) (laughs) the first place well i came across you actually through um an erotic emporium in london called shush shush women's store Mm -hmm. and they stock your um sex toys Right. So I can't let this interview end without you talking about them a little bit. <laughs> right on. Well, that, I, I appreciate them carrying my toys, so that's pretty awesome. So I created Sex Toys, the first in the world, the first line of transgender male sex toys in the world, which took me a long time to find a company which Perfect Fit Brand stepped up to the plate. No company would make my sex toys. They said there's no market for them, blah, blah, yeah. blah. And I'm like, are you kidding me? There's like billions of trans men around the world that want to masturbate, but they can't. <laughs> so, you know, men, a lot of men like me still have vaginas like me, but they're not as comfortable as I am. They're, they're getting there, but they're still not. And so I know that masturbation and sex is a big part of why I transition so great. And I really believe it's a way to connect to your body. Now, some people are going to be abstinent from sex, and that's okay. But the people who really want to have sex and really want to enjoy their bodies but can't because of gender or genital dysphoria, I'm feeling like they're being left out of the equation. So I created uh, sex toys. One's called the Buck Off, and that basically fits over top. What happens is trans men like me who take testosterone, our clitoris is enlarged to about the size of a thumb, and it fits over top of that, and it just becomes like a stroker, like a cisgender man stroker over the penis. But what it does is that you don't touch your vagina, and it looks a little bit like a penis, and so you get this idea that you're stroking like a man, and you feel masculine and that's everything for a person who has a vagina but wants to have a penis and stroke like a man. So that became one of the you biggest felt some amazing feedback. Oh my god, I could show you so much. I mean, people said they cried, and that made me cry. <laughs> We're crying over vaginas. <laughs> We're crying over <laughs> over <laughs> orgasms. I'm like, you know, he's that one kid is like, I'm 28. I never had an orgasm before. It made me cry. I can't believe it. And oh. it's like I know that feeling, that connection to your body through orgasm. And so that, and then and then. And eventually I created another one called the Kiss X, which is for people who don't take testosterone. So any vagina can use that. And they're just manual, handheld masturbators that stick over top of your vagina and you just pump away and do whatever you need to do. So uh, they really blew up for us in a sense that we understand now how important it is to connect to our bodies. And prior to not having our own sex. And so if you notice, these sex toys say F to M. They say, you know, trans man on. They, so that's the first time ever a product in the whole world ever has been in a shop that actually 
is a transgender toy. And, you know, like, you, you forget when you walk into a shop and things say female or woman or it's validating for you. But if we don't have our own products on some level, if subconsciously, it's not validating us. And now we are validated. We are part of the world. We are part of, you know, products out there. And I think that is one of my most... Um, the, one of the most important things I think I have done is to create these toys. Well, uh, the Hotbed Collective's um, mission statement is making the world better one orgasm at a time. Right so on. consider yourself part of the collective because <laughs> you're on the same mission. <laughs> right on. It's everything. And, you know, women even have a hard time connecting to their vaginas, let alone a man with a vagina, right? So, we, so, so orgasms, people out there who are listening right now, I don't care who or what you are, touch your vagina. Look at it. Smell it. Fucking taste it. Whatever you need to do, it's your vagina. This shame that we have put on ourselves around our vagina is all wrong it's all wrong and it's been it was put on us for a reason to control us and so for now on you have to stop letting people control you by your vagina agreed self-love is a radical act yep it sure is it's a real thing let's keep it going but you've been such an angel thank Thank you you so much for talking to us and um if people want to find you you are on instagram just at buck angel is that right yep buck angel instagram buck angel twitter and official buck angel in on facebook but i'm not on facebook a lot because i'm over that place (laughs) (laughs) right Um, on wonderful have a great day thank you my friend have a beautiful day thank you again i appreciate you thank you So there's Buck with some LA vibes and unfortunately the hotbed budget did not extend to me flying over to LA to interview him on some kind of sunny beach under a palm tree. That was unfortunate. Mm, it's funny because um, Paul and I did a road trip once and we went round California mm. on the um, Pacific Coast Highway and we ended up in LA and we booked into a hotel that was on Sunset Boulevard and it was one of those that had a pool on the roof. Um, and I would love to say that that was like the most enjoyable thing in the world. Mm. This is a terrible story about how you feel about your body. Oh, is no. um, It was the most exposing place I had ever been. Because obviously in, in, LA, in LA, there's quite a strong body, beautiful kind mm. of culture. And there were just all these models sitting around the pool in cabanas drinking cocktails. And every time, I mean, if you wanted to get in the pool, everyone's eyes sort of automatically shot towards you. And so I just remember sitting wearing a very long caftan absolutely boiling to death because it was blisteringly hot Mm. really really hot but did not have the courage to take the caftan off and Mm. get into the pool we need to do a body positive pool party don't we it's our next hotbed live i think we've told you by the way that we have a book out it's coming out on the 4th of july and it's called more orgasms please female pleasure and why it matters so look for it if you search more orgasms please on Google, then you should be returned a link to Waterstones and also to Amazon, and you can pre-order it, which would be really amazing. Yeah, please do pre-order it, because uh, there's also an, an area that if you do pre-order it, you will have more orgasms. We've got a money-back guarantee. That's right. So for every copy sold, you will be guaranteed to have more orgasms, or you get your money back. So follow us on Instagram at The Hotbed Collective for more updates on us and what we're up to and any shenanigans. Follow Buck on Instagram at Buck Angel and you'll probably get obsessed like I am. Um, who are you obsessed with on Instagram, by the way? Well, I'm obsessed with loads of people. I think I said to you, I've, I follow um, I follow somebody who, I think she's married to the guy from the Libertines, Carl Barrett, because she's very beautiful. 
and she kind of has the lifestyle that I always thought I would have, which was basically being a model, living with an attractive rock star and having very photogenic children. Mm. And I, I missed I missed that a little bit. Though I do live with an ex-rock star. Yeah. And I do have quite beautiful children. Yeah. So maybe I didn't. Maybe I am quite aspirational. I am. I'm aspirational. Maybe she follows you. And if I was to ask her the question, she'd say I'm following at Anarchy Somerville and I'm strangely obsessed. She might do. You're I pretty. Doubt it. You're Who pretty- are you obsessed with then? So I will always look up what Buck Angel is doing. I like to look at Jess Phillips, MP. I mean, they're basically all the hotbed guests. I mean, me doing the hotbed mm. is me basically just meeting everyone that I'm obsessed with. That you love. Yeah, which I think is really great. And we don't have to be Jeremy Paxman. We can mm. just have a chat with them. Which... And Sharon Horgan is another one. Well, I we've already manifested for her. Manifested so... her. And, and Amy Schumer. Is it Schumer? Do I pronounce that right? I don't know. But she's another person who is... Uh, if you haven't seen her on Netflix doing her recent stand-up about being pregnant, I definitely recommend it. It was very, very funny. And any homework for this episode is to read up a little bit about the difference between transgender and transsexual mm. and cis-bodied and trans. And if you want to be an ally, if you, like me, don't actually have any trans mates, just kind of just look it up, just read around it. Um, there's a journalist called Helen Lewis who really does tackle a lot of the problematic issues around transgender because, you know, there are repercussions to the debate. For example, I don't know if you've noticed all the gender-neutral toilets that are popping up everywhere. Um, there's legal there's legal implications to changing the meaning of sex and gender. So saying that everyone, saying that there's something like gender fluidity is quite tricky from a legal point of view. Um, words have to change, naming has to change. And I think Helen Lewis really does make an effort to interrogate these issues from all angles and it's really interesting and there's a magazine called salty which is online and they are i think salty magazine on instagram i'll put the link to all of this in the show notes but they're kind of um they're a sex positive magazine and they feature people who are um all kinds of lgbtqia cisgendered straight bisexual lesbian kind of everyone who's got an interesting story to tell about sexuality and they are funny and sassy and brilliant so do follow them it's funny that you said that because i suddenly got do you know that billy bragg song sexuality (laughs) young and wild and lovely and brave don't you know that song (laughs) i don't know that particular one when you said that i suddenly just had a vision of billy bragg (laughs) standing on stage singing that song i've let you like my impression that was such a good impression of billy bragg i want to do like a mixtape thing where i like you know those ones where you can kind of splice between your voice and his (laughs) and i've never seen you both in the same room no, well, I am. I am actually Billy Bragg. Can you do the milkman of human kindness? Do you do? Do you take requests? No, I can do. Um, I can do. When you go, will you send back <laughs> a letter from America? <laughs> take I'm a not tr- And I like so I can be Kirsty McCall. <laughs> I'm not trying to change the world. I'm not looking that for New England. I'm just looking for it. No, it's much faster. I've got it all wrong. Anyway. We've just defended a lot of people with different regional accents. <laughs> well, we've tried not to offend anyone and we end up offending everybody. So, you know, you can't win. Anyway, it's been a pleasure. Thank you, Anarchy. Thank you, listeners. And we will be in touch soon. Ta-da! 
thank you for listening and uh, I hope you enjoyed our episode we can't get by on little crumbs though so please do like subscribe and write a review only write a review if it's a nice one though don't bother if you hate it and don't listen to us anymore I guess and yes please do because it makes a huge difference and thanks a lot Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.